Okay. Good evening, everyone. Shalom Aleichem. Bruchem Abayim. We're continuing in our shirim on Sefer Bereshas, Parshas Vayera. Today's shir, Parshas Vayera, is dedicated by our dear friend, Dr. Zakheim, Umeshpachtal, Ilinishmas, Rav Shlem Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Lila Nishmas, Dr. Zakim's mother, Rivka Basavi Halevi, the Ganed and Temnu Chasam, they should be Militar Sharm for their whole family, Adbias Goyal Sadek. Tonight's shir is dedicated by the Ruzhin and Ryabinsky family in honor of our dear soldiers and their families. Hashem should watch over them. Hashem Yishmareo, Tiatse, Mikol Tsaru Vitsuka, Mikol Neglo Machla, Vishach Lahem, Brachav Hatsacha, Bachal Masayadeyam. Okay, so. We're still in uh, Bereshis, so you could get your Sefer on Bereshis Aleph. It's available here. Better bookstores. No, we're still in Bereshis. And um, I, send, I don't think you have enough copies. You, know? you could get it on the website or better bookstores. Hanukkah's coming. Get your The Light and the Splendor. It's available at artscroll.com. Bezos Hashem, submitted to print. Rebbe Mayer and the Eternal Children of Hashem. If anybody still wants to see Mishtatev, it is available. Tonight I want to share with you an approach to Akedas Yitzchak. This is a presentation that I've given before. I consider this a great gift from Shemaim. It was worthwhile to come here. I mean, to Olam Hazah just to be able to uh, to share this approach in in the Akedah, but I specifically want to share it now because this is a very timely approach. And Be'ezus Hashem, we will see new chidushim because ein beis hamedrash b'li chidush. Let us begin Akedas Yitzchak. Vayihi achar hadvarim ha'ila. And it was after these things. Vehoelaykim nisas Avraham. And the Almighty tested Abraham. Question number one: Really, God tested Abraham? Was he the real, was he the one who was tested more than anybody else? Was it really his test? I mean, it definitely was a challenge to Abraham, but I would think it's a bigger challenge to Yitzchak. Abraham gets to go home afterwards. He's alive. He's breathing. Yitzchak's the one whose neck is going to be slaughtered. I mean, who exactly is being tested here? Abraham or Yitzchak? Shouldn't it have said? Or at least, S. Abraham v. Yitzchak, but not Yitzchak. Yitzchak wasn't tested, only Abraham was tested. And this is the question of the Balei HaToysvis, who quotes Rabbi Huda HaChassid, Hiksha HaRabbi Huda HaChassid, Nisa S. Abraham v. S. Yitzchak, it should have said, he tested Abraham and Yitzchak, Kigam Yitzchak Nisnasa. That's question number one. Question number two. Vayoymer, God said, Abraham said, what can I do for you? Hashem said, Kachna, please take. Who should I take? As Bincha, your son. As Yechidcha, your only son. Asherahavta, that you love. As Yitzchak. Now we know. Now, those who are living on, those who are listening on podcast, they, they like when the, they don't like when the mic is on the table. So I'm going to put it on a very, Absorbent surface. Hopefully, it will come out better. What? This is uh, one of the most expensive things in this world. It's not the most expensive thing. Is 
words in the Torah. The Torah is written with the utmost brevity and conciseness. Halachos of major significance are learned out from an extra letter. So why does the Torah have to say, Kachna es bincha, sichidcha, I have a great idea. The Rebbe Hashem say, Kachna es yitzchak. Is anything missing? Would anything be lost if it were to say, Kachna es yitzchak? So Rashi, of course, says that Hashem said, take your son. Aram said, I have two kids. So Hashem says, your only son. So Aram says, they're both only sons of their mother. Asher ahavta, that you love. Aram says, I love both of them. Oh, it's Yitzchak. Oh, Yitzchak. Okay. So then why didn't Hashem just say, Kachnas Yitzchak. Take, cut straight to the chase. What's this whole arichas? So Rashi says, well, just say, Kachnas Yitzchak. That, that's as exp- explicit as you ever get. So just say that. So Rashi says, well, if Hashem would have just said, Kachnas Yitzchak, you might mistakenly have thought that Avram was so startled in this mitzvah. Avram was so shocked that the shock of it made him lose his sanity, chas v'shalom, and he did it, not out of a rational decision, but he did it in a moment of, uh, he, lo- he lost his, uh, his, his uh, equilibrium. So Hashem brought it on slowly. Take your son. Really, which one? Take your only son. Yeah, but they're both only the one that you love. Now, is that, re- is that the full reason why the Rebbe Hashem did it this way? Is this any less shocking? If somebody would come to a parent, take your kid. Is that not shocking? Is that a way of bringing it on slowly? Does that make it any more easy to swallow? Where, oh, don't worry, your son, yeah, but I don't know which one, so it's easier for, for the person to swallow. Is that the full reason? And if Hashem really wanted to keep things calm, He should have said, Avraham, are you sitting? And Avraham could have said, what do you want? Let's go for a little stroll. And Hashem could have taken him for a little walk. And Hashem could have said, you know, it's been, you know, I really appreciate your service. I really appreciate the time that you jumped in the fire. There are many, many ways Hashem could have brought it on slow. Why did Hashem, Dafka, choose this way? Take your son, your only son, that you love. Take Yitzhak. Is this the only way to bring the son? Now another thing. Another question is, Really? Did Avraham really think that Hashem meant Yishma? That's who Hashem wanted? He was already mitzachik. He was already murdering and serving Avodah Zarah. Did Avraham really think that Hashem wanted as a carbon Yishma? Avraham had such a thought. Did, did, was that seriously considered? That Avraham didn't know who does Hashem want Yitzchak or Yishmael? Why would Avram entertain the possibility that Hashem meant Yishmael? And furthermore, this is the question of the century. The 21st and the 20th century. This is the biggest question you'll ever hear on the whole Chumash, at least in the next five minutes. Asks Toysvist. <clears throat> so Avraham wakes up in the morning. He saddles his donkey. He takes his two lads. Says Rashi, who are they? Yishmael and Eliezer. So we're accustomed to thinking, how many people went to the Akedah? Four. Avraham, Yitzchak, Yishmael, Eliezer. Good. Simple question. What in the world is Yishmael doing there? How did he get there? So what do you mean? He walked with Avraham. What do you mean how did he get there? What I mean is, he was thrown out of the house last week's parsha. You remember Sarah? Avram said, don't you love this kid? Sarah said, he's an oisfarf. Goreshes ben ha'ama. Chase the kid out of the house. Don't send him uh, to a yeshiva for OTD. 
Don't slide with him. Don't be patient with him. Don't get him a tutor. Don't give him special classes. Get him out of the house. None of this 21st century, you know. Don't put him in a special track, a special class, a special yeshiva. Throw the kid out. That's what Sarah said. Get him out of here. Avram said, please, you know, I'll learn with him extra during Mishmar. Get him out of here. Goresh. And don't let the door hit him when he leaves. Chase him out. Don't ask him nicely. Chase him out. Scare him away. And the Pasuk says, he left. Where did he go? The Midbar Par, he went to the desert. So what's he doing here? Do we find in any of the Pesukim in between that he came back? No. Does anybody know how long ago Sarah and Avram chased Yisrael out of the house? Well, this is talking about after Yitzchak's Milah, after Yishmael's Milah. Yishmael was 13 when Avraham was told that Yitzchak would be born. So Yishmael was 14 when Yitzchak was born. L'chayra by now, this was after Yitzchak was two years old, so Yishmael must have been 16 years old at least. And now how old was Yitzchak at the Akedah? 37. So this is a good 35 years. Nobody's seen the kid. We haven't seen this guy for 35 years. This Chalaria has been missing in action. Nobody saw anything. There's not one Pusik that says, Oh, Yishmael, he was shooting arrows in Saudi Arabia. He was play, He was schmoozing, schmoozing it up in Qatar. You know, he was making deals in Dubai. We don't know where he was. He was not with Avraham Avinu. So what in the world is he doing at the Akedah? You ever, you ever think about that question? How did he get there? It's the biggest question you ever heard. What's he doing at the How did he get there? Why, and why did Avraham take him? <clears throat> why did he take him? Says Toysus. Must be. It was visiting day. He came to visit. He must have come to visit. And the day he came back, that night Hashem said, Kachna es bincha es yechidcha asher ahavta. So says, wait a second. I haven't seen Yeshua in 35 years. Now, 35 years later, God comes to me, Kachna es bincha it must be Yishmael. It has to be him. Well, you think it's a coincidence? I haven't seen the kid in 35 years. He comes back 35 years later. God didn't ask me for nothing. He didn't ask me for a pencil, not a, not a suitcase, not a, a birthday cake. And now all of a sudden, the Rebbein Shalom says, I want, I want your kid as a carbon. It has to be Yishmael, Avram thinks. Well, I have, I have Yitzchak's been sitting in the house for 35 years. Rebbein Shalom never said a word about Yitzchak. Yishmael comes back, and that night, the Rebbein Shalom says, Kachna es bimchas yichidcha. So Avram says, it must be Yishma. Hashem says, nah, I got you. It's Yitzchak. You see? Nice try. Got you there. Busted. It's Yitzchak. It's not Yishma. So then, I ask you a question. You think it's coincidence that the Yibam Hashem waited 35 years until the day Yishma returned and then Hashem said, take him, but not him. You think Hashem, you think it's coincidence that it just happens to be that Hashem told Avram about the Akedah the day that Yishmael returned. I mean, I have to think, I cannot help but think that Hashem orchestrated, that He waited until Yishmael returned and then said to Avraham, I want you to take him and not him. Do we know why Yishmael returned? No, we don't know why. All we know is that He did. But what I'm, what I'm asserting, what I'm asserting is 
there, this cannot be coincidental. This has to be a secret, fundamental aspect of the Akedah that Yishmael happened to return and Hashem said, oh, he's there? Not him. Why couldn't it be a week before? And then Hashem could have said, Kachnas Yitzchak. Right? In other words, why did Hashem make it so confusing to Avraham? If he wanted to take Yitzchak, he had 35 years to tell Avraham, take Yitzchak. No. Yeah. That was that conversation took place a very long time ago, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna discuss that. That conversation took place Lachaira after the Mila of Yitzchak Avinu. Okay. Another question. Avram says to his lads, meaning Eliezer and Yishmael, Shavu Lachem Payim Hachamar. Sit here with the donkey. And I and the lad will go to yonder. The Gemara in Kedushin, the Gemara in Yavamis, Darshins, Am Hadoyme Lechamar. That a Jewish kid who is the son of a maidservant, namely Yishmael, Enoi Miyuchas Acharav, is not his, is not his kid. Is not your kid. You have a kid with a Gentile, the kid is not your kid. He's like a donkey. He's a, he's a donkey on two legs. A two-legged, he's Mahachishtai. A two-legged, they're four-legged donkeys, and they're two-legged donkeys. What are there more of? You know the answer to that. So the Beis Halivi asks, <clears throat> why does the Gemara Darshan, specifically from the Akedah, that a child produced from a Shifcha is not miyuchas acharav. I mean, this is a, a shaila and hilchas yichas that if the mother is not Jewish, the child is not Jewish. Why dafka should we learn this out from the parsha of the akeda that a mother who's a shivcha produces a child who's not Jewish? What's it got to do over here? So the Beis Halevi famously says that Avraham Avinu, as he's about to shecht Yitzchak, lest he think to himself, "All right, nishka ferlech, I'm shechting Yitzchak. I still have one kid left." It's not such a big. It's not such a big deal. Okay, yeah, Yitzchak is a big loss, but I still have another kid left. So Hashem wants to ingrain in him. No, you have nobody left. This kid is not your kid. In order to magnify the test, Avram is ingraining in his mind. I'm shechting Yitzchak, and I have nothing left because this kid is not a kid. He's not my child. But we're going to explain even further why it is necessary at this juncture to establish that Yishmael has the halachic status of a donkey. Here's a big clue. Okay? Now, I tell you, this entire thing, this, today's, tonight's presentation is completely original. However, I, I, after you hear it, I want you to say, you know what? This is the, this, this is the straightforward understanding of the Akedah. Okay? So it's a chiddush. I didn't find it anywhere, but I think it's it's so compelling. This is the approach. Why did it say Yitzchok last? He's the key over here, Yitzchok. Should have been Yitzchok should have been mentioned first. Okay, we'll see if we're able to answer that. We'll see. Here's a very important clue. 
At the end of the Akedah, the Malach comes and he says, I will surely bless you. I'll increase your children like the stars. And like the sand. And your descendants will inherit the gates of their enemy. So we read these words and we take it to mean that the Akedah is a great chus, that through this chus we overcome, we ascend above our enemy. But you know, the word Oyev is a very specific word. The word Oyev is not a generic term. Oyev is a very specific reference. You see, in Jewish history, we have two enemies that have two distinct names. We have an enemy called Oyevecha, Oyev, and we have an enemy called Soineecha, Soine. And believe you me, there are many nations vying for these very prestigious roles. Who could be our Oyev? Who could be our Soine? You have 70 nations, the United Nations, they all wish that they could be the Oyev or they could be the Soine. However, the Rishonim identify that the term Oyev and Soine are very specific terms. The term Soine refers to Esav. Like Chazal say, Halacha biyadua Esav Soine liyakov. Okay, not halacha l'mashmi sinai. Don't don't show off. Am aratzos. People say halacha l'mashmi is not halacha l'mashmi. Halacha biadua. Esav soyne liyakov. Esav is our soyne. He's our enemy. And who's the oyev? Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar. Oyev is Yishmael. Throughout Tanakh, oyev is Yishmael. Who is worse? Oyev Godom in Asayne. And Oyev is worse than Asayne. Because Asayne, he is going to harm you, but he could have Rachmanus. And Oyev, who Shebeliboy Eva Oylamus, is eternal enmity. Lo Yasim Loi Rachamim, will not have mercy. Al Zokyein Yachbidu Loi Ma'od. He could take a Holocaust survivor. And he could say, you didn't survive, Ach- I- you survived Eichmann, you survived Hitler, I'll knock you off. You survived the Asayne, you won't survive the Oyev. That's Yishmael. Yishmael is worse than the Sinai. Can you imagine the words of Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar? You know what we say about Yishmael? Al el zakein yachbed ulaim They have no mercy on the elderly. And they're called Oyev because from an Oyev you cry out, Oyev avoy. Okay, now. So that means if at the end of the Akedah, the, the Malach says, you will overcome Oyevav. I can't help but think that the Malach is telling Avraham, in this Sukhos you will overcome Yishmael. In other words, somehow the Akedah is the way we overcome Yishmael. So let's try to study this, let's understand what, what exactly is the role of the Akedah in overcoming Yishmael. Because another important question is, you know, the Christians in their Bible, they do not tamper with the narrative in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the Old Testament. The Yishma'ilim, they distort and corrupt this story. They have a story of the Akedah. But you know who Avraham was makriv on the Akedah? Yishma'il! Somehow, the Yishma'ilim, they recognize that this story is not consistent with their theology. So the only way to reconcile it is to change the main character. And they literally change the main character in their Quran. And it's Abraham brought Ishmael. Why of all the narratives in the Chumash do they change this narrative? Okay, Rabbi Yisai, listen to this. Rashi tells us, the Akedah begins, 
After these matters. After what matters, right? Sounds like after something we just said, so the Akedah uh, precipitated. What is it? So Rashi says, you know, after the Satan prosecuted, and he said, you know, Avraham brought, made so many parties, he didn't bring you any Karbanas, God. He did, he did everything, uh, he did everything for his own glory. Why didn't he bring you any Karbanas? God says, is there anything he wouldn't do for his son? And yet if I would ask him to bring his son, he would bring it. So after this conversation with the Satan, Hashem had to show the Satan, you see, Avraham would bring me a carbon. I just realized that this is one approach to explain why it says God tested Avraham. Of course it was a test to, for Yitzchak. But it, it was designated as a test specifically to Avraham in response to the Satan's challenge. The Satan said, you know, Abraham doesn't bring you any carbonos. So Hashem said, no, watch this. So it's a test for a lot of people, but it's a designated test to Avraham. But then Rashi says something amazing. This is what Rabasi was bringing up. It's after the words of Yishmael. Yishmael said to Yitzchak, Yitzchak, who do you think you are? You're a real servant of God? Because you have a Mila? Shkayach. You have Mila at eight days old. What do you know? You don't have a choice. What do you feel? You're not fully developed. I had a Mila at 13 years old. I'm a bigger Oyved Hashem than you. To which Yitzchak says, Yishmael, you're bigger. If God would tell me to sacrifice myself, I would do it. Oh, really? Okay, let's go. Let's go, Yitzchak. That's Achar Hadvarim Ha'ila. After Yitzchak pledged that if God would say, sacrifice yourself, he said he would do it, so now he has to do it. So I would humbly suggest, that's why the Pasuk doesn't say God tested Yitzchak. You know why it doesn't say God tested Yitzchak? He just said he would do it. He just committed himself to do it. Imagine a guy gets up, you know, if um, I now pledge, I commit myself, then I'm going to get up every single day at 4 a.m. and in three months I'm going to learn the whole Yusham. Okay, and then and then God comes down and He tells everyone in the shul, I want everybody to get up at 4 a.m. and in three months learn the whole Yishalmi. Who's He testing? Everyone besides that guy who got up and pledged to learn the Yishalmi because that guy just made a nether. It's not God testing him, He's testing Himself. He committed. He has to do it. So that kid is not a test for Yitzchak. Yitzchak said, he made a nether, he's going to do it. It's not a test for Yitzchak. It's a test for Avram. Avram didn't say he's going to kill his kid. Yitzchak said he would accept the challenge. Fine. So what's going on over here? They come to the Harabayas. And the Medrash tells us, in Bereshis Rabbah, the Dasakanim brings this Medrash, that they get up to the mountain, and Avram says to Yitzchak, Beni, Roya at mashani roya. You see what I see? Because it says vayaras They saw God from a distance. There was a cloud on top of Har Habayis, and that was the Shechina. So he says Yitzchak, you see what I see? He says yeah, of course. He turns to Eliezer and Yishmael. Do you see what I see? They say see what? We don't see anything. We see nothing. So Abraham says, really, you see nothing? So there's something you guys share in common with the donkey. The donkey doesn't see anything. And you don't see anything. So you stay here with the donkey. And me and Yitzchak will go up to Har HaMariah. Yeah. Bayaris HaMokoim Meirachak. L'chairah. 
Yeah. They saw God from a distance. That's the Pshad Am Hadoy Melechamar. Let me share with you what I think is taking place over here. But let's throw in one more clue. You know, according to Rashi, Achar Hadvar Ma'ila, after these matters, that the Akeda took place after these matters, what were these matters? The conversation between Yishmael and Yitzchak, where Yishmael says, I'm a bigger servant of God. I have more sacrifice than you because my Mila is at 13 years old and your Mila is at 8 days. And Yitzchak said, you know, if God would tell me to sacrifice myself, I would do it. Really? Then, you know, there's a whole episode injected in between the Mila of uh, Yitzchak and the Akedah. You know what that episode is? There's a man by the name of Avimelech. He's the king of the Gaza Strip. He's the king of the Philistines. And he makes a peace treaty with Abraham. And that episode is injected in between the Mila of Yitzchak and the story of the Akedah. What's it doing there? So I would be remiss if I didn't share with you the uh, very frightening words of the Rashbam. We say over very often that you know what it's doing there? God gave Abraham the land of Israel. And God said, I'm giving it to you to live there. I'm not giving it to you to negotiate with terrorists, with people who manipulate you psychologically. There's no negotiating with terrorists. You're going to negotiate with a terrorist to give him trade land for peace? Really? Trade land for peace? Go kill your son. I didn't give you Israel, and I didn't give you children to give it away. So I would humbly suggest, why is the punishment kill Yitzchak? Because at the Brisbane of Islam, God promised Avram two things, Eretz Yisrael and children, and they're dependent on each other. So if Avram Avinu is going to give back the land, God said, give me back your kids. You have no, Hashem did not give Eretz Yisrael to Klal Yisrael to negotiate. It's not negotiable. Could you say, you know, I'll give you back the mitzvah of tefillin for peace. These are not, these are not negotiable items. You're going to negotiate and the Rashbam says, for the seven treaties that were made, seven tragedies happened to the Jewish people. Okay, without any editorial comments, without any insinuations, these are the words of the Rashbam at face value. That the Akedah was not a Lushan of test, it was a Lushan of Masa Umariva. Really? You're giving back a land of Artsal? I'm going to torture you now. That's the Rashbam. However, Rashi doesn't learn that way. So then what, why exactly is the episode of Avimelech injected in between this conversation of Yitzchak and Yishmael and the Akedah? Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky has a fabulous idea. Who remembers from two weeks ago? Why does Yishmael have any type of merit at all to be on the Holy Land? What, what right? Oh, what right does... What right did Ishmael have to be in Eretz Yisrael? So we learned at the, the um, Zayar HaKadosh, the end of the era, the, the Zuchos of Brismila, the Zuchos of Mila. Now that's a little bit frightening. So what are we supposed to do about that? Because they still do Mila. They have that Zuchos. So how are we going to get them out? It's, it's something which is very frightening. That at the end of the day, Yishmael has a tremendous Zuchos and it's a Zuchos at 13 years old. So Hashem wants to assuage our feelings and calm us down. 
and let us know that, you know, as much as Mila is a zuchus, it's not that big of a deal. You know what the proof is? The proof is, which nation in Tanakh is repeatedly called Arelem? Uncircumcised, uncircumcised. Every time this nation appears in the Vimeng Suvim, they're always called Arelem. The Philistim, the Philistines, they are the quintessential Arelem. For example, Shoiftim, Parakyodal Pasagimal, Ha'ain Bevanois Lakachta Ishamibnois Pelishtim Ha Arelem, or Vinafalti Biad Arelem, or Vinavar El Matsav Ha Arelem, or Penyavoyo Ha Arelem, or Penta Aloisna Benois Ha Arelem, or in Divra Yomim, Penyavoyo. The Pelishtim are the definition of uncircumcised. So why are they in Israel? Must be Mila's not a big deal because if even these Chayaras are in Eretz Yisrael, Mila must not be that big of a zechus because they don't have it even. So before even the story of the Akedah, the Torah is downplaying that as great as Mila is, it's not really what allows someone to be in Eretz Yisrael. It's important, it's good, it's not that great. The Haraya, the Philistines are there. So you ready for this? This is, uh, I think, what's going on over here. There's a very big battle between Yitzchak and Ishmael. The battle is, who's the heir of Avram Avinu? Who inherits the right to be Mamleches Koyhanim, Agoy Kadosh, the real Oivdei Hashem, the continuum of the the legacy of Avraham of of divine revelation, who are really dedicated to the Rebbeinu the real Oivdei Hashem, and there's Yitzchak and Yishmael are both vying for it. And Yishmael says, "Come on, Yitzchak, you have a meal at eight days old. I have a meal at thirteen years old." And Yitzchak says, "Well, I would sacrifice myself completely." And they're vying and they're vying. And Sarah says, this kid, he shouldn't even be, she'd be disqualified from the beginning. Get him out of the house. Kick him out. So what does Avram do? Avram, he, does he want to do it? He doesn't want to do it. God twisted his arm. What did God say? Listen to the, girl, to the lady. Listen to her. I have a question. Do you think Avram did it because he really felt that Yishma was completely disqualified, or he had no choice. He had no choice. And God understood that Avraham listening. Not okay. This is just between me, uh, you know, me and you. Not everything, you, and not every time you listen to your wife, it's because you fully agree, right? I don't mean me. I always fully agree, and also anybody who anybody listening thinks is at the share also fully agrees. But there are people out there that when they listen to their wife, it doesn't mean they fully agree. They just, you know, they know they know what's good for them. And the Rebbe Shalom is saying to Avraham, you cannot think that Yitzchak is your continuity because you're listening to her. It can't just be because she told you. You need to independently come to the recognition that this kid is not in the running. Not just because Sarah said, Goresh has ben ha'am ha'azois. And, and I told you, um, You need to recognize that 
Yishmael has no connection to Kedusha. You see, this Machloikis is not just who's the continuity of Abraham. It's also who has rights to Eretz Yisrael. Because Yishmael says, look, I have the real Mila. Israel is mine. I have the Mila. Harabayis is mine. They're arguing about the eternal rights to the Holy Land. That's the Machloikis, Yishmael and Yitzchak. And even though Yishmael was thrown out of the house, yeah, but he was thrown out by Sarah. But did Avraham really wholeheartedly dismiss him from any contention? So listen to what the Rebbein Shalom did. If Hashem would come to Avraham and say, in the last 35 years, take Yitzchak and bring him as a carbon, then Yishmael could always rear his head and say, well, you know, I wasn't home. It's not like you chose him. You only could prove that chocolate ice cream, by the way, you know chocolate is much better than vanilla. You know, it's proven, it's a fact. Chocolate is better than vanilla. But it's only proven if you have both chocolate and vanilla and you choose the chocolate. But if you go into the store and you say what flavors are available and they say chocolate and you order chocolate, it doesn't mean chocolate is better than vanilla. could be really vanilla is better, but they don't have it in the store. So if it would have been any other night where only Yitzchak's at home and Yishmael wasn't around and Avraham chose Yitzchak, that's not a choice. Is it a choice to choose Yitzchak if Yishmael's not around? So the Rebbe Hashem made sure Yishmael would be there. And then Hashem says, Kachna is bincha. Avraham said, I have two. Sarah's like, no you don't. Avraham said, yeah, but yeah, I do. I know what you told, I know what you think, but I know what I think. I have two ch- children. And that this is exactly why Hashem had to do the Akedah. Because Avram still thought Yishmael was benai. Even though Sarah said Garish, Avram in his heart wasn't Garish. So uh, Hashem said, Yechidcha, your only son. Yeah, they're both only. That you love, I love both of them. Says Hashem Yitzchak. Listen carefully. This is how I would interpret it. Hashem is saying, I want you to know you only have one bincha, Avraham. You need to uh, you, you need to really recognize what Sarah told you. You only have one bincha. Stop that nonsense. You have two benayis. You only have one yechidcha. You only have one ahafta. Really, who? Yitzchak. Not just like Rashi saying, yeah, you know that's I'll peep shot. But I think there's another element over here that Hashem is being koyveya. He's establishing. There's only one Ben, Abraham. There's only one Yachid. There's only one Ahavta. And it's Yitzchak. And Abraham is like, why? Doesn't Yishmael have rights to the Holy Land? Doesn't the Zayar say he has Mila? Didn't I daven ki lu Yishmael yechiel lefanecha? But I want to connect this to something the Zayar said that we read last week. Remember the Zayar said that when the Malach argued that Yishmael has Mila, Hashem said he doesn't really have Mila. He doesn't have priya. He does. He doesn't do it. He does it externally. Therefore, the Zayar says Hashem gave him Eretz Yisrael Shamata, but He didn't give him Eretz Yisrael Shamala. In other words, He's not connected to the spiritual roots of Eretz Yisrael. So Avram doesn't understand. So Hashem says, "Watch this." They go. They're opposite the mountain. Vayares Hamakom. They see God. So Hashem says to, to Yitzchak. Um, Avram says, "Yes, you see." Yeah, of course, Tata. He turns to Yishmael, you see? What? Hashem says, you see? 
you want to know who's the real Ben? You want to know who's your continuity? And Avraham is forced to say that not only is Yishmael not Benoi, not only is he not Yechidoi, not only does he, do, he doesn't love him, you know what Yishmael is? He's a donkey. He's a donkey. He, his connection to the spiritual roots of Eretz Yisrael, you know what Yishmael's connection to the Harabayas is? Chamor. It could be a Chamor on the Harabayas. Doesn't mean that he has sovereignty over the Harabayas. That's the connection of Yishmael. They're Am Hadoim Chamor. That's what we need to darshan. They have the halachic status of Chamor. Meaning, Avraham needs to, on his own to come what Sarah taught him in Lech Lecha. Hashem is teaching him in Vayera. It's not good enough to listen just, oh, you know what? Why do? Why are you in Shul? A lot of people. Why are you in Shul? Because my wife told me. It doesn't mean they want to be there. A lot of things people do because their wife told them. Why are you doing exercise? My wife told me. Why are you in Shul? The guy's in the coffee room the whole, for three hours straight. So why do you come? You should have stayed home. Isn't it more comfortable at home? Don't you have better coffee at home? Yeah, but my wife doesn't let me drink from 9 to 12. So at least I come here. A lot of things people do because their wife told them. So uh, Sarah told Avraham, Garesh. Yeah, but uh, Hashem needs Avraham to understand this on his own. So it comes out that the entire purpose of the Akedah is to show the supremacy of Yitzchak over Yishmael. That's why at the end of the Akedah, what does the Malach say? Be'yirash, Zaracha, Es, Shar, Oivav. Your descendants will inherit the gates of their Oyev, their enemy, Yishmael. This is the downfall of Yishmael. In other words, if you want to know, where in the Chumash do we see that there's only one continuity of Avraham. That there's only one descendant that has connection to the Holy Land. That there's only one descendant that has rights to the Harabayas, Akedas Yitzchak. Therefore, is it, is it a mystery why there's one episode in the Chumash that the Yishmaelim switched the main character? Of course this is going to be. Because their whole downfall, the biggest dagger in their heart is the story of the Akedah. The Akedah is what proves the ascendancy of Yitzchak and the Bnei Avraham over Yishma. Is there any better way to understand this story? This is the story. This is the purpose of the Akedah. First the Torah says, don't get so caught up in you. You might say, oh, but they have Mila. Mila. Even Philistines could be in Eretz Yisrael. Philistines could also be in Eretz Yisrael. And also Filipinos are there today. They're also Arelim. So you don't need Mila. Mila is not such a big deal. Don't get so caught up with the Zayar. That's why the Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky says, Achar Hadvarim I saw an amazing Chiddush from the Baal Shevet Musar, of Izmir. You know, there's a, uh, a ritual <clears throat> called Pidyan Peter Chamar, where a firstborn donkey you have to redeem with a sheep. What's the symbolism of this ritual? Says the Sheva Moser, it's a reenactment of the Akedah. The Chamor Yishmael was hoping to that Yitzchak would have been killed at the Akedah and Yishmael would have been the heir. But instead, Yitzchak was redeemed for a sheep. So basically, inst- right? Elikim Yiraloi Haseh. So the purpose of Pidyon Petel Chamor is to reenact. Where you had a donkey, Yishmael, and God rejected the donkey and exchanged it for a sheep. That's the symbolism of Pinyon Petachamah. 
Okay, now fasten your seatbelts. You ready for this? There's a Ramban. That's a, a frightening Ramban. Does anybody know the reason for the October 7th Simchas Torah Massacre? The sin. What was the sin? You ready for the sin? Say, no, don't do that. Don't, not, don't say this publicly. So you can't go there. We're, we're, we're done with that, right? We're done with those days where people... Now, it's not me. You know the Ramban says? The Ramban says the reason why the Jewish people suffer from Yishmael. You know why? Because in last week's parsha, Sarah couldn't have a kid. So Sarah said, I have a great idea. That uh, why doesn't Avraham marry Hagar? And she'll conceive. And in the zechus of me, that's, it seems that's the reason why Sarah took her and gave her to Avraham in the zechus that Sarah brought was Yachnes. It says your last name in Rashi in last week's parsha. In the zechus that Sarah was Yachnes, a Sarah into the house so that um, she should be zechus to have a child. And Hagar lives with Avraham and Mibia Rishayna, she has a kid. So remember we pointed out last week that Hagar said, look, I'm much more righteous than Sarah. She's with him for 20 years. They can't have a kid for all these years. And I was uh, Nisaber Mibia Rishayna. So the Pasuk says, She looked down on Sarah. She was condescending to Sarah. So what did Sarah do? Sarah got angry at Avram. She says, Avram, My anger is against you. So Avram says, Sarah, whatever you say, take her, do whatever you want. Sarai. Sarah abused Hagar. She, she, uh, she afflicted her. What did she do? I don't know. She afflicted Hagar. Says Ramban, Our mother Sarah sinned by afflicting Hagar. And Avraham let her do it. Avraham sinned. And the Malach comes to Hagar and he said, Don't worry. God heard your affliction. And because of that, he's going to be a wild man. Says Ramban, God heard her affliction. And he gave her a son, who will be an animal. To afflict the descendants of Avraham b'chol minei ho'inoi with all types of affliction. Says Ramban, why do we suffer from Yishmael? Because Sarah hurt Hagar's feelings. Sarah hurt Hagar's feelings. So we suffer today because of the sin of Sarah and Avraham. It's a pella. Where the Ramban get this from? Hagar wasn't Jewish even. You have to be careful with someone else's feelings. Sarah afflicted Hagar. Because of that, we suffer till today. Every terrorist attack, every bombing, every stabbing, it's a punishment for the sin of Sarah and also Abraham. That's what the Ramban says. There might be some basis in the Zayar for such an idea. But many Rishonim disagree with the Ramban. The Bali Hatoisis, the Riva, says, he quotes Ramban, that Sarah did the right thing. Why? Because Hagar started. The, doesn't the Pasuk say, Batekal Gevirta Be'eneha? 
that she looked down on Sarah. She said, oh, you're not so righteous. You're not as righteous as you think. You've been with the guy for so many years. You couldn't have a kid. Eh, I'm much more righteous than you. So she insulted her. Yeah, but Sarah didn't come Says the Riva, who says you're now to take revenge? You only can take revenge if someone hurts you monetarily. If someone hurts your feelings, you could get back at them. That's the sheet of the smag, and that's what Sarah did. Sarah did nothing wrong. She did the right thing. Abarbanel quotes Ramban, and he says, Eina Dovrakin. Ramban's not correct, Abarbanel says. That's if you're on a very high level. But, uh, that's, that's, if you're just insulted, if you're abused, you get back at them. That's the sheet of the smag. There's no iser nekama. I'm not saying we pask in this way. If I'm not mistaken, the Chafetz Chaim says it's a machloikis rishonim, v'savik dairaisa l'chumra. So before you get back at somebody who insulted you, ask your local Orthodox rabbi. Luckily, I'm not local enough to where you live, but it's a machloikis rishonim. But according to Abarbanel and the Riva, the Ramban is not correct. Sarah was correct. The Abarbanel says, because Hagar was arrogant, the only way to cure an arrogant person is to put them down and put them in their place. Okay? So that's an amazing machlekes. Ramban doesn't hold to that. The Ramban holds you still can't take revenge. That's, a, that's the machlekes we shine. Okay? Fasten your seatbelts. The chida. Reb Chaim Yosef David Azulai had a photographic memory and he traveled to the libraries in Europe and he memorized manuscripts of Rishonim that have not become available until this century. One of the Rishonim the Chidasua was Rabbi Yaakov Sakili, a Talmud of the Rashba. And Rabbi Yaakov Sakili brings something out of this world. This is a story that we didn't know about until the writings of the Arizal, but the Chida already saw it in the Rishonim. And we mentioned it recently. And that is Yishai, the father of David HaMelech, was getting nervous. He thought that maybe Doyeg was right. Maybe he wasn't allowed to marry into the family of Mayav, of Rus. And that maybe all of his children were puzzled. So he decided he's going to separate from his wife, Nitzavis Bas and he's going to live with his maidservant, and his children will be Avodim, and he'll free them, like Rav Tarfin says about Mamzerim, and this way his children will become pure. So Yishai told his wife, it's been nice knowing you. And he made up to rendezvous with the Shifcha on a certain uh, time. The Shifcha was loyal to her mistress. So she told the wife about the plan. So the mistress, the, the, excuse me, the Shifcha was going to live with Yishai. His wife dressed up like the Shifcha, lived with Yishai. She conceived. Yishai thought it was the Shifcha. A few months later, news breaks that Yishai's old wife is pregnant. Yishai says, from who? She doesn't say a word. Yishai said, I don't know what's going on over here. The kid's a mamzer. The brothers, the sons of Yishai wanted to kill her. They were going to murder her. They were going to kill their mother because she was Mazana. They were going to kill the baby David because he's a mamzer. Yishai said, not a good idea. It's not going to be good for Shaduf. That's not what he said, but it's going to be moitzi laz on you because people are going to think you're a mamzer. So they let David live. 
and they paskin David was a mamzer. When did they discover David was not a mamzer? When Shmuel came to say, he's the next king of Israel. They said, really? But he's a mamzer. David says, uh, no, no, no. Um, Shmuel says, he ain't no mamzer. He's the next king of Israel. He broke the, he broke the story. He, he, he broke the story. Fine. That's the story. That is as sensational as it comes. Comes Rabbi Yaakov Sakili. Comes the Chidan. He says, there's more to the story. Because the Ramami Pano asks, why did the maidservant let the wife of Yishai know the plan? I mean, what maidservant who would have the opportunity to live with the master would give it back to the woman of the house? Says Ramami Pano, our tradition is the maidservant of Yishai was the Gilgal of Hagar. And she needed to come back to this world to rectify her sin. What was her sin? Her sin was she abused Sarah. So to rectify that, she came back to this world to humble herself before her mistress. And therefore, Hagar ultimately was, was uh, corrected, was niskan, was fixed up. How? By being loyal to Eshes Yishai. What did she need to fix? She... She insulted Sarah, so now she has to come back and be faithful and loyal to the wife of Yisha. So I ask you one simple question. Do Goyim have Gogo? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Hagar had. I have one simple question. Is this the only thing Hagar did that she needs taken for? Was this the only wrongdoing that Hagar needs taken for? That she insulted Sarah? I could actually think of another bad thing that Hagar brought to this world that she probably needs correction for. You know what else I think Hagar needs correction for? You know what else she needs taken for? The fact she brought the monster Yishmael into the world. The para-adam. Doesn't Hagar need tikkun for bringing Yishmael into the world? So watch how God orchestrates his mesabev kol hasivuvim to bring tikkun to Hagar. Because we know, we have a tradition that in the end of days there are two Golosim. There's Golos Edoim and there's Golos Yishmael. We learned last week from the Arizal. The head is Bavel, the two arms are Paras and Madai, the body is Yavan and the two long, long legs are Edom and Yishmael. Perkid Rebbe also says, in the end of days, Golos Yishmael, Rashi and Zechariah, Yalkut Shemoini, the end of days, Golos Yishmael. We also have a concept, the Gemara and Sukkah. We have two Mashiach. Mashiach ben Yosef takes us out of Golos Edom. Mashiach ben David is the antidote to Yishmael. Because Esav is called a bull, a shar, an ox. Yosef is called a good ox. So Mashiach ben Yosef, who's the shar, takes us out of the Golos of the shar. And Mashiach ben David is Ani, the poor man, the humble man, Veroichev. Al-Chamor, he's the good Chamor. He takes us out of the Golos Chamor. Yishma is Ani is Shvulachem Payim Al-Chamor. So David is the antidote to Yishmael. So Hagar, aside from being Mesakein, the fact that she abused Sarah, so she comes back and she's loyal to her mistress, but what about the fact that she brought Yishmael to the world? So she comes back and she says, well, I'm going to fix it up. So she becomes the Shadchan, for the conception of Adoinenu David, it's Ayam Menorah, not Mishagif from Shemayim. 
Think about how the Rebbe Hashem is Masabev Sivuvim, Laval Yidach, Mimenu Nidach. Even Hagar has a Tikkun. But Yishmal has no connection to the Harbais. We're going to have a minion to daven up here. Anyone? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, we have six and then four of you are stuck. Okay, so <coughs> um, we're almost done. Keturah, all kinds of other stuff. I can't explain everything right now. But one more thing. Yishmael's connection to the Harabayas is him and Hamar have something in common. They both have no shaykhus, connection, kesher to the Harabayas. They have no appreciation of the Harabayas. You know, the end of Parshas Chayisara talks about the various families of Yishmael. And it ends off, Al Pnei Kol Echav Nafal on the face of all of his brothers, he falls. And juxtaposed to that is Ve'ele Toldois Yitzchak. The Balaturim says, when Yishmael falls in the end of days, that's when Mashiach ben David will flourish. The Gemara, the end of Masech Demakos tells us, and we've said this over many times, that the Tanoim went up to the Harabayas, they went up to Yushalayim, and they saw Shual, a fox emanating from the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua, what was the reaction? They were crying. Rabbi Akiva's Metzachek. Rabbi Akiva's Metzachek. Metzachek. Who do we know is Metzachek? Yishmael. Rabbi Akiva and Yitzchak was Metzachek. They said, why are you Metzachek? He says, this is the place where God promised. They said, how could you laugh? This is a place where no czar is allowed to enter. And now, Shualim Halchubai, how could you not cry? Says Rabbi Kiva, I'll tell you why I'm at Sachik. Because if the prophecy of Shualim Halchubai is being fulfilled, certainly the prophecy of Oid, Yeshvu, Zakenim, Zakenais, that the day will come when old men and old women will, will be sitting in the streets of Yishalayim from old age and children will be playing in the streets. Now that I see their foxes, now I know that the Gula is coming. There's a student of Rav Chaim Vital, Rav Yamin Vitali. He wrote a sefer on Echa called Aloin Bachos. He says, what's the significance of the Shu Alim? He says, Shu Alim have the same Oisiyos as Yishmael. When you see the Shu Alim, when you see those Yishmaelim prancing on the Harabayas, it's a joke. They have no connection to the Harabayas. That's not prayer. That's not service. That's not connection. You know what it is? It's a mockery. It's mitzachik. You think they see the Anon Kashur. You think they see Vayaras Hamakoim. Their connection to Harabayas is the same connection as Shavulachem Payim HaChamar. So when you see the ascendancy of Yishmael, you should know someone's coming right after. As soon as Yishmael begins to rise, they're going to fall. And then what are we going to see? The Eila Toldois Yitzchak. Says about Aturim, then we're Zoycha Kishayipoil, Yishmael, Ba'achros Hayomim, Oz Yitzmach, Ben David. 
Then David HaMelech. What's David's connection specifically to Yitzchak? Yitzchak is 208. Pinchas Elio is 208. Kate's Chai, the end is alive. And uh, the ascendancy of Yishmael caused Rabbi Akiva to laugh. Metzachek. He says this is a joke. This is not a connection to the Harabayas. The connection of Yishmael, it's the connection of the Shualim, it's the connection of the Chamar, and ultimately the episode of the Akedah is the Yirash Zaracha is Shar Oivav, is how we overcome Yishmael. So Marv Rabbi that's very nice. What's that got to do with us? Says the Shla Kadosh, every single Jew has an area in life that's difficult for them. And that is your Akedah. Whether it's getting up in the morning to daven with a minion, whether it's to learn every day, whether it's to immerse yourself in learning, whether it's a mitzvah that a person struggles with, that is a person's Akedah. And when a person commits to it and overcomes their Nisayan, that's the Akedah with which a person is Zoycha, the Yirash, Zaracha, Eis, Shar, Oyevav. That's how we overcome Yishmael. And that's certainly our opponent now in our times. And everybody has to say, what can I do? What is my Akedah? How am I going to overcome this guy who showed up last night? He came back to the house. He came back. And the father's saying, which one? And you got to prove it's, it's me. He doesn't, he doesn't see the cloud. He doesn't see the Shechina. So everyone should identify how the Akedah Yitzchak is relevant to their own life. And in that sense, we should be able to overcome the final enemy and be zoichet to the Eilat Taldos Yitzchak with the ascendancy of Mashiach ben David. Next week, Rabbi Yisai, the Shir is going to be a different night. It might be very early in the week, maybe even Sunday night. So... Um, we'll, we'll keep you in touch. Okay, Rabbi Khanani, We're gonna have a here. We have six people who didn't have it. Yeah, could we have in here? Do we have six Mispalim? Yeah,